Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krebs. Hello. <laughs> Chris Schubert. Hey. Joe, Joe and Kyle, we're hosts. Chris Schubert, producer, floating around doing his thing. We are from the Draft Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your football betting needs. And oh, by the way, the NBA True. season is here. You can get in on that action. The World Series. Phillies and the Astros who had that did, did people predict that to be the matchup I, I don't know no. I didn't for sure but that's uh, that's the World Series uh, you can get in on the action over at bet online they've got everything live betting free contests live scores and giveaways all season long it's the, always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports like MMA tennis boxing and even golf so head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit just use our promo code believe to get started, that's B-L-E-A-V. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Cal, happy notorious Chucky the Notorious Killer Doll Day to you. There was a, there was a repeat in there, wasn't there? Chucky yeah, the I said Chucky notorious the... twice for no reason. Oh, Na- National Chucky the Notorious Killer Doll Day. He has his own day. So if if we can't get an all twenty two day uh, figured in here or something like we we got to get my going. name's well, Chucky. Well, they play? brought it. They brought it back. Have you seen this? That there's a there's a TV show of it. So there's been all the movies, right? The Child's Play mm. movies. But there's yep. a Chucky TV series on USA, and it happens to get a lot of advertisement. When I I'm a big pro wrestling fan, it gets a lot of advertisement on Mondays and Tuesdays when I'm watching. Wrestling. You are their target demographic. Yeah. Right? Well, and I'm here to tell you, it, 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 it's not working because I see this. Thing and I'm like, this sucks. Like the 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 doll is like live action, and like the way it talks doesn't match up with what it's saying. It's pretty bad. Mm. Do yourself a favor, let, just seek it out just to see how bad it is. But it's not good. Let me ask you a question. How hard is okay. this? You you were attacked by a murderous children's doll. Pin it down with your foot. I mean, when you put it like that, brother, I I I, I think you have a point. Park your car on top of it. Okay, I don't I don't want to advocate for that kind of violence here on the show. Push your refrigerator over and bury it underneath. What is well, he I mean, what is the what is what is the one foot doll gonna do? Lip bench press the fridge off of him? You don't pick him up any- by the back of his shirt and hold him out in front of you like he's a raccoon that you caught on your porch. I've never I've never seen <laughs> any of the movies. <laughs> you don't think How hard is attempted? this? You don't think that's how hard is attempted? this? I have no idea. I haven't, right. I haven't watched, but okay. What what let's what do we think we're gonna like more of the Chucky related uh, saga or the Halloween related saga? Which, by the way, I read the plot. I spoiled it for myself because I'm not gonna see it. I read the plot. The Halloween ends. Oof, that movie was gonna stink if I went and saw it in theaters. Were you thinking I, about I, going? I no, it stunk regardless. No. Is there any? Are we just all three of us not in on the horror genre? I can't stand it. 
Yeah, it's uh, I get listen. Sunday night football was pretty squeamish. I can't can't imagine sitting here watching watching horror movies. My wife okay. loves horror movies. Let me tell you something about my wife. She's got very few flaws, but one of them is that she is very bad at turning off the TV. Very very bad at it. I don't think she's ever successfully left a room where she was watching TV and turned it off on her way out. So I say all that to say that she's watching a lot of horror movies and walking away and not turning off the TV. And so you can imagine some of the weird moments lately that myself and my daughter have walked into uh, because <laughs> she just can't she can't push that power button on the remote. It's a big struggle for her. NFL Word Association for the uh, what is this week seven of yep. the NFL football season? A little scout speak here on the show as well. A topic that I have come up with and the guys don't know about for later in the show, so that should be a lot of fun, uh, gentlemen. Let's get started. The Joe, do you have a list ready for today? I have no. I've done no preparation. I thought about doing preparation, and then I said, you know what, I'm not going to. I'm just going to be right, authentic. So, so quit asking. Okay, I'm just going to well, be authentic today. Great. That, that's sometimes a bit of a disaster, but we'll, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go yeah, with that. Well, I, I, so I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Well, no, I just want you to do the segment right. That's all I'm asking. I think okay, that's, you're going to get it. You're going to get okay. it right. Okay. The Bengals beat the Falcons 35 to 17. Ramping up. The Bengals are ramping up. This offense is humming. And obviously, early on, it wasn't. And I thought that had everything to do with just Joe Burrow missing the time that he did right before the season. But they're they're coming along, and I think they're a pretty dangerous football team. Fireworks. A lot of explosive plays. Tyler Boyd, 60-plus yard touchdown catch. Jamar Chase, a couple of big touchdown receptions down the field. Listen, man, they're, uh, they, they might not play the most nuanced style of offensive football, but with the physical talent that they have, it's one of those ones you can know what's coming and it's still really hard to defend. And that's um, that's a testament to the identity that the Bengals have found. And you saw that come to life against the Falcons. Uh, obviously, A.J. Terrell went down in this that's game. That's a killer. That's, yeah. yeah. Pick, pick an opponent that you really can't afford to have A.J. Terrell go down no. against. And the the Bengals were at the top of the list. But uh that this would have been a comfortable victory regardless for the Bengals, just based on how freely they were passing the ball. We only throw the ball 13 times if we're Marcus Mariotti and the Atlanta Falcons. What's going on there? It, that's speaking of identities, right? Arthur Smith. It's aware awareness, I guess. I mean, they trailed, but this game was only – the Bengals won the game in the second half 7-0. to zero. That was it. So I don't they know. I guess they're trying to keep else. it close, right? They called twenty-one pass plays. It looks like twenty-one pass to, to twenty-six run was the called plays for Atlanta. Atlanta's just not that team, right? They're not that team that's going to throw the ball forty or fifty times. Well, I, not, but I'm not asking for forty or fifty. I'm just asking for like twenty-five. <laughs> okay, but hear me out. What horsepower do you have up front to do that? What, no, what I, horsepower do you have offensively? Right? Like we all talk about Kyle Pitts. We all talk about Drake London. But the offensive line, the quarterback, and the rest of the skill group, I think if you play into that, you play into Cincinnati's hand, and that's where a game would snowball on you even worse than what this one did. 
and they Atlanta got lucky with the what they had a Demir Bird had like a seventy five yard touchdown catch with like forty seconds left in the first half, and then yeah, and the, and then the Falcons had a um, didn't they have a punt return like with a couple seconds left in the half to set up a, a, a free kick for a couple three right because they the got end. ten points in like the final minute right. of the first so half they got pretty lucky to get those points on the board I just think I just figure air it out in the second half let's just see what we got here let's just try something because we're down but oh, oh you know Arthur Smith knows better than me that's fine I, I accept uh, the Cowboys beat the Lions twenty four to six. Sam Williams, couple sacks in this game, um, made a big impact. Also, two Jared Goff interceptions was kind of a problem. Two lost fumbles, can't turn over the ball. How about uh, rated rookie, Aiden Hutchinson, two sacks. This Love man put a, this man put a spin move. He put a spin move on that the right tackle was put in the blender. Didn't know what to do with it. For one of his sacks, it was pretty impressive. And uh, Joe and I talked about this briefly on Monday morning, but has there been a more statistical anomaly game than what Jeff Akuda did? <laughs> Jeff Akuda had 13 tackles, seven run stops in this game. Excuse me? Yes, he was the leading tackler. Comfortably, he had more than twice as many tackles as anybody else on the team. And then he was only targeted four times. He gave up three catches for 22 yards. It's a heck of a game for Jeff Akuda. I don't listen. This it's 0 2 for us the last two years on the teams that we've picked and we've put we, our brand team. We've hitched we oh, we've hitched our the wagon hashtag to. our blank. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all for two. We gotta come. We gotta come up with a new recipe for this because it's been a disaster for us. Let's just pick this, good teams next year. Like, no, that's not the that's, that's not the point. <laughs> our Chiefs, yeah, our, our Chiefs, Chiefs. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we got we it. Do this, right, and then we could be. The point is, we're trying to you know pick a team that we think's fine under the radar, and one in five not getting it done right now. Well, to be fair, we picked the Commanders last year because they had Fitzmagic. Correct, and we never and got we a got chance like to one see half that. of Fitzmagic. Right. That's fair. There's no excuse for this, though. <laughs> yeah, this is this one's bad. This one's bad. Titans beat the Colts 19-10. to 10. They're, Matt Ryan throwing the ball 44 times again. You'll have to see it. Turnovers. Matt Ryan's got a lot of them. Very problematic. And uh, if this isn't the they are who we thought they were once we recalibrated for the Colts, because we were like, wow, the Colts are bad. And then, like, you blink in there 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. You're like, oh, maybe the Colts, like, they can kind of skirt through. Nope. 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 The ball security here is just egregiously bad. Um, I guess the word for me is just Titans are hot, right? They, they've won four in a row. That's not a uh, word. Yeah, it's a it's a phrase. It's how I feel. Um, 0-2 start, obviously, the, the loss to the Giants, and then they got – beaten pretty bad by Buffalo, but then to win four in a row is a good rallying moment for this team. And two of those coming head to head with the Colts, right? You've, you've swept them already this year. You're done with the Colts. You beat them twice. And so Tennessee, uh, Justin you know, Mello, Mike, so Mike Vrabel's rallying the troops here. So, well, yeah, look, they get the Texans this week, but then we'll find out they got the chiefs after that. But the Titans are a team that they're Vrabel just knows how to get them to compete. The Commanders beat the Packers twenty three to twenty one. Terry McLaurin is a is a wide receiver for the Commanders. He he, he does play for them. I'm I'm happy to yeah. know that. It's been a while since we've seen him. Good to see him. LOL. 
That's to the Packers, right? Uh, please, I don't want disrespect uh, to the Commanders. Th- two in well, a row. Yeah, no, that, that's not okay. the term Carl or anything. That's uh, that's to the outcome of this game. I mean, there, there are some statistical oddities on how little the Commanders did to Im- influence and deter and disrupt the timing of Aaron Rodgers. Joe, he was hit what one time? Yeah, he was hit one time, no sacks, and he didn't. Rodgers didn't turn it over. Uh, throw an interception. I know he had a fumble, but not no interceptions. Well, the other thing too is th- there's just no trust in any of the receivers in the passing game. Not right. not named Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon catching the ball out it's of the backfield. And so, all like, screens. can we can we on third and short or fourth? Can we run the ball? Can we use the two running backs that we have invested into and run the ball and try to pick up first downs that way instead of doing this thing where like, oh, we'll just get we'll get a little tight end running a little out route, boom, here you go, and then we drop it. Like, can we can we get those guys involved in what we're doing because we I know we paid a quarterback 50 million dollars but we have two pretty good running backs like we gotta we gotta find some balance we gotta run the ball a little bit more I thought I thought Terry McLaurin won in this game um I know well, five he for bailed Taylor Heineke out on that yeah. Yolo ball he threw on the sideline that should have been a pick right he caught the touchdown over Jair Alexander beat him vertical down the field um Green Bay was up a couple scores in this game and they couldn't lean on the running game like they needed to. Um, everything that they do throwing the football is a screen pass, right? It's just a very limited offense, the way that they can attack you. And Terry McLaurin said, we're going to win this game. And, and he did. And, and Taylor Heineke started this game incredibly slow. He was late and behind uh, on so many different throws. But uh, Terry McLaurin bailed him out and, and got a dub for Washington. The Panthers beat <laughs> the Bucks 21-3. to It's fine. It's fine. You know what got fine. me? What got me in this game was uh, the the Bucks' offense sucked the whole game, right? We kind of we've we've come to expect that if you've watched them play this year, their offense is terrible. Where I knew that it was like the Bucks are just cooked was late in the game when the Panthers imposed their will, running the football on them against I the mean, Bucks they defense, were gashing them, dude. It, it was like it was just we're gonna take your will, we're gonna put our foot on your throat. And we're gonna press down, and we don't care that you're gonna die. Can I tell you the Panthers took their will on Sunday afternoon? Can I tell you the moment that I stopped believing in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a team? There's there's a stretch of time in this game when it was like I'm done, I'm over this through seven games. It's fourteen nothing in the fourth quarter. There's like thirteen minutes left in the game. This we're we're down in the red zone. We're down in the red zone. It's fourteen nothing. And we choose on a fourth and two, we're going to send the kicking team out there. You really think you're going to get the ball back twice in 13 yeah. minutes and score on both possessions, which would include a touchdown and a two-point conversion with the way that you've played? To me, that was the ultimate, we don't want to get shut out. Let's put three points on the board. Yeah. Because you know what? Because you know what happened on the next drive? Carolina went seven plays, touchdown. 75 yards, right down your throat, touchdown. The game was over. Like to me, that was the worst coaching decision of the weekend. Like how Todd Bowles thought, let's kick a field goal to cut it to eleven was a good decision there. I was done. I with at, that. I'm like done with this team. I looked at my brother and said, "I guess, I guess Tampa just didn't want to get shut out, right? They just want to take the points here. That's the only because it turned a, for it turned that. a two score game into a two score game. two score game. Yeah, it's still a two score <laughs> game. Um, real quick, to case in point. I mean, we're we're talking about the Bucks defense uh, and that drive in particular. Uh, and I know we've talked about this already with the Atlanta Falcons putting 151 on them, rushing the ball, and the Kansas City Chiefs dropping nearly 200 yards rushing 
on the Tampa Bay defense that has all of their horses. The Panthers rushed for 173 yards on the ground. The Panthers. Without Christian McCaffrey. They who traded just their traded best, Christian McCaffrey. Their best offensive player got traded three days ago. 173 rushing yards against the Bucs. Oh, by the way, what's that number, Kyle? 173? 173. Yeah, the Bucs haven't hit that with their running game at all this year. They've gone over 100 yards once, and it was the first game of the season against Dallas. They haven't rushed a single player for more than 70 yards in a game. You, you would have to combine the last three games to get over 173 rushing yards for the box. And so we, we can't run the 46, ball. We can... 46 rushing yards against the Panthers front. When are we going to be willing to have honest conversations about Devin White also? I mean, he's just a reckless football player. I know that he blitzes and gets sacks, and that's the best thing well, that that's, he does. That's, that's he sucks value. against the run, and he sucks in coverage, and he sucks as a tackler. He just does. If you watch him with any level of consistency, you can't come away with any other takeaway. If you want to like get excited about him shooting the A-gaps on blitzes and that type of stuff, great. But normal linebacking duties, Devin White is very, very, very below average. Reckless football player. And I'm uh, pissed speak- at myself for not sticking to my guns because I saw that crap at LSU. Well, let's let's be fair. He did have some high – he's had high moments. But at this stage in his career, as he's getting ready to get a second contract, he hasn't gotten one yet, right? No. Like, that's a big decision. And I don't know. What what's what do you pay? What do you pay, Devin White? With I the, don't. Yeah, I don't. Just a, a, a very skill-specific player. I would agree with that assessment. And what he's he does, like, can he can be very impactful at, but. <laughs> he's like the good version of a Landon Roberts in that role that Miami you know, and New England's it, always had for him, it dude. was the name. And you just didn't going to say it out loud. It. I, I did didn't it for you. say it. Yep. I did it for you. Yeah, it's they the supercharged D Landon Roberts. Right. They picked up his fifth year options. He's going to get paid $11.7 million next year. Uh, and then he's going to try to get a contract extension uh speaking of teams that we believe in and can run the football uh, the complete opposite of the tampa bay buccaneers maybe 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 this is what we do our giants the six and one giants beat the <laughs> no Jags, because somebody somebody 17. yelled somebody yelled at me after the giants they've had it win. with you kyle they've had it they've, with had it they've had it with me for diminishing the giants and the talent thing's not a real thing look props props i have a lot of respect for is what that your word props? Is that it? Props. Yeah, that, that'll I'm giving the Giants their props. You know, tough, gutty, gritty win. Jacksonville found the most quintessential Jacksonville way to lose a game, right? They got down to the one yard line on the final play. Yeah. And credit where credit is due. They're a well coached football team. They continue to find ways to win all of the situational stuff. They're acing right now. Yep. They carry that through. Great. But I have to think at some point, the limitations in the passing game that exist because they don't have any receivers to carry any water right now is going to catch up with them. Now it didn't against Jacksonville. We'll see if it does against Seattle. 
it uh, we're not expecting it to against Houston or Detroit, which are their two after the bye. This team's going to be in good shape. That's what Props. I said. Get get to nine wins and you're a playoff team, and they they only need three They're more. Getting real. Close. I, I will. I will t- right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, Kyle. I watched a good portion of this game. Red Zone went to it quite a bit because it was a close game. Yeah. The amount of drops that the Giants received. Daniel Jones is putting it right on people. Right on people's numbers, and they're just dropping it. Like, come on. Can we help the guy out? Like, And he's not turning the ball over, right? He's he's not fumbling the ball. He went for over 100 on the ground yesterday, uh, Sunday in that game. So impressive yeah. there. Uh, Wondell Robinson looks like he could be a really nice player for them too. So it's good to have him back and healthy because they is he need hurt somebody. though. Like I, he got like some type of like was he it got, a stinger he, he a dead get, arm or he did get dinged up. Yeah, yeah. In the and game. Daniel Bellinger got his like eye poked out or something. And I had don't to know go what, to the hospital. I was is like, he what okay, the heck? Dude? So he, I think he was back for the post game because a bunch of the Giants beat reporters Man. that also covered the Jets because of the way that works were talking yeah. about it and they were like, yeah, like it doesn't look good, but he's here. Like they were talking about it like he was there. I, I don't have He's a, coming like on a, nice for them. I, I, that's been exciting. I mean, uh, again, they don't have Kadarius Tony. They don't, Kenny Galladay's nowhere to be seen and so they need people to step up and Wondell Robinson and Daniel Bellinger ha- have done so. For Jacksonville, I think it's interesting that I came out of my initial like deep dive into Jacksonville after like two or three games. I think it was after three games. And one of my big takeaways was just how satisfied I was with with James Robinson. And this team has not played well over the last three or four games. And it's also coincided with James Robinson kind of being phased out of the offense. Right. So I'd I'd probably be leaning into that a little bit more if I'm if I'm Jacksonville, because I think he's a very stabilizing player for for what this offense can be. And you know, of course, the the Giants plenty of props. I and I, you know, I gave them that yesterday as well on the show. Well, and to your point, Joe, for all the good that ETM brought to this game, he fumbled right. on the five yard line into the end zone for a right. turnover. And well, he was good off he, perfectly to that giant. Right. And that's I watched the game. I'm like, this is the Giants, right? Yep. They're they're yep. very opportunist. But like, yep. I, what is it? What is that phrase? Is uh, luck or oh boy, favors? Whatever the hell it is, yeah, chance some favors about, the prepared about prep, or, prep, preparation. All you know, that shit. Yeah, sorry. creates, allows for opportunity or right, or whatever. Yeah. The next that obviously up. was not the actual quote. We'd yeah, just you like know, to clarify. I put that on a. Let's put that on. That was way more eloquent than the actual quote. Put that on a t-shirt. Print the shirts. The motivational t-shirt. Yeah. Give me that, please. The Ravens. Beat the Browns twenty three to twenty. I we talked about Concerned. it yesterday. I talked about it yesterday with Joe for both teams. The Browns, <laughs> the Browns might be handing a two or three win team to Deshaun Watson when he returns. I got to come up with a word here. Um, no, concerned is right, and I think it's for both teams. Yes. Like Baltimore tried to fumble this game away. Right. Can we play away, better right? in the fourth quarter, please? What yeah, are we dude, doing, Baltimore? Like absolutely insane. And then you know, Cleveland self inflicted wounds as well. They stink on defense. Um yeah, concerned feels like the right word. Good to see Gus Edwards getting some plays uh, or two touchdowns in the game. Ravens Ravens defense very quietly creating a lot of turnovers. Have we I mean they have at least one turnover in every game played this season. They have 8, 10, 12. They have 14 turnovers in seven games for the Ravens' defense. That's great for them. But I look at the other side of the ball. Without looking, I don't know if you guys are looking, 
When's the last time the Ravens had more than 200 passing yards in a game? Oh, boy. It, was it this season? Yeah, it's was this it the season. Miami game? Okay. Uh, Lamar had 318. There was one incident prior to that, or after that. So he has two games this year of greater than 200 well, he has yards. Th- he has three. Week, week one and two, he did 211 and 318. And then I guess the Patriots, they had 206. And the passing yards in the four games since are 134, 170, 195, and 94. Oof. Mark Andrews was a non-factor in this game for them. Yeah, he had like, what, one catch for like five yards or something like that? Uh, he had one rush for four yards. He did not have oh, a catch. Excuse, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please. Wow. Get it right. <laughs> wow, excuse me. The, um, uh, go ahead, Chris. Let's the Jets beat the Broncos 16-9 to in Denver. Didn't let it rip. Right? Brett Rippin, let it rip. No, they. Okay. he let it rip on one play late in the game that was questionable. Uh, Jets defense, right? That continues to kind of be the story for them of late. And hopefully hope. Do we have an update on Brees Hall? Torn ACL more than likely. Damn yes. it. So it's, well, it's going to. Good for him. He's 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 been a big catalyst for for the explosive plays on this offense. Um, but defense, right? And 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 that's that's good, right? You you needed that. Sela for his background and what they've done to help their defense. It's good to see that uh, Sauce getting tested on the last play was fun. Ian Eagle with a great call, right? Did, do you, I'm surely you remember this. He's he, Joe. You don't think Cortland I remember Sutton him got lost in the sauce? The sauce, right? Because bro, that was a great poll. I don't know if if Eagle knows this, but in the Jets Twitter community, we have a graphic that is made. It's called "Lost in the Sauce," and we put receivers on the board when they don't play well against Sauce. So oh, this okay. has been a thing all season long, and we could just add Cortland Sutton to the mix. And uh, yeah, the defense has been been stellar. It has been what everyone anticipated Robert Sala's defense to look like coming over from San Francisco. Uh, there are still some things I don't like about it, but he is certainly starting to instill, and it helps when you have DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner playing as well as they're playing on the back end at the corner spot, just locking guys down. Um, it, it's been it's been very impressive. they got to figure out the offense. There's a lot of things. As of recording this podcast, we don't know about Corey Davis. We don't know about Elijah Vera Tucker. Those are things that are still uh, up in the air. But, yeah, they're going to need to figure things out. they got the Bills, the Pats, the Bye, and the Patriots their next uh, four weeks. So a lot of stuff to, to work and fix. I got, I, was, a little, I got a little quiz question for you on the Jets' defense. Okie dokie. How many times this season have the Jets conceded more than 225 passing yards in a game? Okay, let's. This is gonna. So I don't think Lamar did it in week one. Uh, Joe might have done it in week. Two. That's week three. Uh, did Jacoby Brissett do it in week two? Probably they scored thirty points. Oh, they ran the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. So no, Burrow might have done it in week three. Pittsburgh, Pickett didn't because then they benched Trubisky. Week f- uh, the, the Dolphins no because the, the once they've done it once this season. Cincinnati week three is the only time the Bengals have con- or the, the Jets have conceded more than 221 passing yards in a game. Their last yeah, they- four, 178, 158, 218, and 219. And some people will look at the quarterbacks that they played in Pickett and Thompson and Rippin, and that's fine. 
But at the end of the day, the Jets are executing on defense, and they deserve their their credit for that. The Raiders beat the Texans thirty eight to twenty. Josh Jacobs. It's Josh Jacobs. This guy's been unbelievable. Dudes. Was one of my dudes yesterday, Joe. I know. I don't want to like like repeat everything that was said yesterday, but like every I've watched the last three Raiders games, and every time I look up, Josh Jacobs is ripping off a ten yard run. He's been unreal. And they needed it. They need it too because they need some balance to their offense to open things up for Carr and Adams. So it's been, and they needed this win bad coming out of the bye. We need it. We need to get back on course here to get to two and four. So a, a much needed victory for them and back the Texans. Sir, I mean the, the expectations for the, the expectations are to win football games there, and so winning gets them back on course. Yes, you got to hand it to Davis Mills with his two touchdown passes in this game. He kept Houston out of the club of the fourteen teams in the NFL that are currently averaging one or fewer passing touchdowns per game. So Houston, congrats. The Chiefs beat the four. Uh, excuse me. My apologies. I skipped the game, and I don't want to skip this game because this is a guy I want to talk about. The Seahawks beat the Chargers 37-23. to Our Seahawks. Geno Smith is the word. That's what it better Our be. Our Seahawks. I done told you. They're going to be better than what we thought. They're 4-3. and three. They're a fun team. And, oh, by the way, piggybacking off of two truths in a line on Friday, Kenneth Walker just logged the fastest GPS time in the NFL thus far this season. 22 miles per hour on that, that big touchdown run at the end of the game. Has Geno Smith always been this swaggy? Like, he's really cool. Like, listening to him in press conferences, like, this is a confident man. Joe, Joe, it's West Virginia Geno Smith. Dude. Like, yes, it's not, Je- it's not Jets Geno Smith because they broke him. This is West Virginia Geno Smith. And it's awesome to see. Like, it makes me so happy that he is finding this success. Because it's not it, – he's not doing what he'd done in the past where he's gone to these different places and he's been a serviceable backup. No. He's a legit starting quarterback in the National Football League with the way that he's playing right now. He's playing extremely well. He's making some great throws down the field. Like, he's got great command of the offense. There's a great moment where there were some back-to-back, like, questionable calls. And I don't know if you caught this. Like, Geno's all fired up, like, at the refs and stuff. And you see Pete Carroll on the sideline. He's like, Geno, Geno. And Geno looks back at him. And all all um, Pete Carroll does is he kind of just goes, relax. He, like, touches his chest. He's like, relax. Like, there's a, there's a great chemistry between the coach and the quarterback. They feel like they're in rhythm and lockstep. It's so much fun to watch him succeed right now in Seattle. Geno Smith is currently leading the NFL in completion percentage at 73.5%. And he is two touchdown passes away from tying his single-season career high. 32 years old. 32-year-old <laughs> starting quarterback. Now, low-key, I mean... He started three games last year for Seattle. He's five and five in ten starts with Seattle. He's thrown sixteen touchdowns and four interceptions in ten starts. You got to roll with it for a little bit, right? Yeah, get this man under contract now, <laughs> right? Extend if you offer Geno Smith tw- two years, forty million, is he taking it? If you offered him that deal right now, no, because he might be the the bride of the ball or the bell of the ball in free agency. The bride of the ball, print the shirts, bride of the ball, print, print, print the shirts. You have to understand, we are recording on Monday morning. I was at Sunday Night Football, and I took 
the first flight home so I could be in this chair to record this podcast. And you are going to criticize my brain for not being properly wired on 90 minutes of sleep last night. Yeah, How the, dare you? You're on the, you're on the show. How dare you? You're on I'm the show. On the show. That's what happens when you're on the show. Uh, the Chiefs beat the 49ers 44 to 23. So glad we could get Christian McCaffrey in the building to lose by 20 to the Hey, he, he, Christian McCaffrey wouldn't want to lost that game. Eight for, no. eight for 38 or whatever for Christian rushing uh, the ball. I'll, I'll pull up the box score. I think you want to have like uh, 10 touches for 64 yards or something along oh, those so you lines. Eight, get a little eight, yeah, eight for 38 on the ground, two for 24 in the passing game. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the 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 story here is the Chiefs' offense against the 49ers' defense, right? 49ers, plays. yeah, a lot of love for what this team had defensively, and, and they go to, I don't know what the hell their stadium, Candlestick Park, as far as I'm concerned. And it's a big, <laughs> You're going to get in trouble for that one. Am I? I hope it's, not. Is that is that an offensive thing I said? It's Levi Stadium, isn't it? Okay. What are we doing here? Right. You know me, the stadiums, that's still Joe Robbie Stadium. You know, I, I'm, I'm bet Rich Stadium. Uh, the, the, you know, the Meadowlands. Uh, the point being is that the, the, the Chiefs offense made a big statement in this game, especially with their wide receivers, how Juju got going. Juju had a great game last week against Buffalo. Marquez Valdez scantling with the big plays down the field. He was catchless last week. Miko um, Hardman with a three touchdown game. Like they got it going on offense against a defense that I think a lot of people thought would be able to contain them a little bit better. Chiefs really got after Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Five sacks. Sacked them five times, yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of those being a safety in a two-score game in the fourth quarter. I guess that to Chris's point about invoking Christian McCaffrey, though, was running back the problem with the 49ers offense? Was running back the concern with the 49ers offense? Probably not, but I think it's it's that philosophy of maybe this isn't our biggest problem, but this type of asset can make our team better. It's the Bobby, it's the Von Miller, Bobby Wagner pivot for the Rams, whether you like it or not. They gave up a two, a three, a four, and a five. Man, that's a yeah. crap load of picks. He's he's going to play the rest of that contract out there for sure. Oh my. They got what they have invested in Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey is is something to behold. It's all their eggs are in that basket, right? That's insane. A guy that threw three hundred passes in North Dakota State and a guy that hasn't been injured that hasn't been healthy in three years. Well, and for a team that always has injury problems, not not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but the 49ers have five offensive linemen under contract for next year as things currently stand. And they would, they've got about $6 million in cap space, as things currently stand right now, going into next year. They'll do restructures. I think they can get some uh, void-year money back by extending Jimmy Ward. Like, they'll figure it out. They'll have room to retain some of their own guys. But the five offensive linemen that are under contract for the 49ers next year are Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jalen Moore, Spencer Buford, and Nick Zuckelge. Mm. That's it. That is it. You don't have a one. You don't have a two. You don't have a three. Or, excuse me, you have two comp threes. So you're going to have two picks outside the top 100 as your first two picks. You don't have a four. You have two sixes and a seven. It's like, where, where are you going to find the reload ability right now? 
Where where are you going to find upgrades on your offensive line? We're going to sit here and we're going to re-sign Brunskill and you could probably afford to re-sign McGlinchey. McGlinchey is playing this year on his fifth-year option for 10-8. He'll, he'll get more than that on the open market. Oh, yeah. He's starting right tackle. He's going to get paid a good amount of money. So that's the concern. Right, and, and and we got two hosts on this show, and Chris Schubert and Kyle Krabs, who probably wouldn't mind Mike McGlinchey stepping into their system with the familiarity with the Shanahan style system. Right, bring him in, bring him in. Likewise, I guess we'll bet on him like we did with Lake and Tomlinson. So game on. <laughs> but okay, never mind. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, 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 How do you- so? I I guess that's just the big picture that I'm concerned about with San Francisco is Jimmy Garoppolo is an expiring contract. We just talked about the offensive line. They're good in the skill group. But then Ekubam, Amenahue, Hassan Ridgeway, Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis, Maurice Hurst, Kamoko Ture, Akeem Spence, all expiring contracts on the defensive line. And then Emmanuel Mosley, one of your starting corners, is an expiring contract. Jason Verrett you know, is an expiring contract. Jimmy you know Ward right now is an expiring contract. It's like $5 million. Now, they'll, right. they'll do a bunch of restructures and find it. Right but, now, they right. have, according to overthecap.com for 2023, they have $15.9 million in cap space. So they can restructure to find some money, yeah. but enough to add to the team? No, just to bring back what they have? Right. Yes. Yeah. So what you're, you're telling you're me. You're going to reload a lot of your talents. So what, the, what you're telling me is the San Francisco 49ers are locking in this roster right now for the next couple of seasons because there's not reinforcements coming in the draft and you Minus don't have Jimmy the money. Garoppolo. What are we doing? Here's – let me – can I further make this concerning? Please, um, yes. You have a 23-year-old quarterback, a will-be 23-year-old quarterback in Trey Lance that is, that is your future, that has, over the last three years – had very, very little game experience. We're talking about some of the most formative years of this man's football career. 71 passing attempts this year, 31 last year, 30 in 2020. For a guy that peaked at 300 or 288 passing attempts in 2019, he had 30 or he had one in 20. I mean, this guy is just an underrepped football player. Joe, we have under 500 attempts as a passer for Trey Lance in his college and pro career. We are under 500 attempts. And that it's spans 18, 18, 18 19, 20, 21, 20. That's five years. Yeah. Five years. It, it, it 288 of that came in one season. We only have at the one FCS season, level. We only have one season in which we've thrown the ball more than 100 times in a year. I don't know, man. Like, there's something to be said for the lack of. Reps, right? It's not discounting and, the talent of Trey Lance. It's the fact that he's right. just not on the field enough for us to right. And in the, the most, last, in ahead. the last eighteen months, in the midst of all of this, the 49ers spent a three on Trey Sermon, a six on Elijah Mitchell, a three on Ty Davis Price, and then a two, three, four, and five on Christian McCaffrey. In eighteen months, that makes months. my head hurt. You don't you don't think you wouldn't like to have some of those seven picks you used on running backs? To have a couple more offensive linemen under contract? Right. right. Yeah, dude. This is insane. They got premier talent. Like they got top end players. They do. And to me, oh, to me, if you're gonna go all in, right, and you're gonna trade all these picks for Christian McCaffrey, 
uh, F it. Just use the rest of the picks and trade for more talent. You got to go all in. You got to push all the they chips in the middle for this season. No, they but you got to use you, you have to use everything you have left to just find pieces everywhere. You you're, you can't just trade for Christian McCaffrey and be like, oh, we're good. Can't do that because you're just gonna you're gonna be stuck in this yeah, middle ground. When, wait, wait. When is the? I know they get a couple of extra picks for the uh, minority coaches that that were hired yes, away. The hires. But like, what are their actual draft picks next year? They have two two compensatory threes. I believe they have a five, two sixes, and a seven. Oh, we're 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 doing the Rams thing here without the Super Bowl win. You better get it this year. So, but okay, but hold on a second, right? I don't know the specifics of the way the comp picks work, but if they bring guys in in free agency, we got to do the formula. The, no, the hires. Um, yeah, those, those are not of sub- Mike McD- Those are those no are not subjected to free to the same gains comp- and losses. Got it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. It's it's automatically locked in. Okay, so we're gonna have what five picks, five selections, all of them after they outside the top one and a half. Yeah, outside okay. the top. Yeah, order. great. Good, good luck with that. Have fun. And you need stuff. You need corners and offensive we, linemen. We need, we need starting minimum. caliber players. We need starting caliber players right. that we're not gonna we're not making selections in, in inside the top one hundred. We need starters. Immediate they you, want starters. You need at least one cornerstone offensive lineman for the other four spots that are wide open right now in your depth chart. I do enjoy I'm over at tankathon.com and right now because they don't have the comp picks, they only have three picks. They have a fifth and two sevens, according to Tankathon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fortunately they had those well, so guys I didn't, get I didn't hired even away. Have the sixes right. Jeez. Dude. Yeah, right now, according to Tankathon, it's it's a fifth, it's a Denver seventh, and then their own seventh. That's what they have. Yeah. So trade trade <laughs> for what? Are we gonna trade, trade are we gonna trade George Kittle this offseason? <laughs> boy boy would it be really good to have one of our to have our one this year so we could trade back and get some picks it'd be really nice if we had that yeah trade back in the third round it, it does feel good to have seven. the 49ers one i will will concede <laughs> that feels good okay we one more game to get to here the sunday night game anybody at this game the dolphins beat the steelers 16 to 10 waiting all day for sunday night we're back and clubbed up guys we're back Felt good. Uh, really painful second half. Nobody scored any points. Kenny Pickett threw two picks in the final five minutes in Dolphins territory. Mike okay. McDaniel's an idiot for not kicking that field goal. You you were you were in the end zone where the pick was thrown. Noah Igbenogany intercepted that ball in front of you, right in front of me. Okay, so then you have the perfect angle to answer this question for me. If How Kenny did the Pickett, umpire think that it was if, incomplete? If no, if Kenny Pickett takes off and doesn't make one of the worst throws I've ever seen, and he just runs, he's where? He's inside the fifteen. He's inside the ten. He, he's inside the fifteen. Javon Holland was. He would have closed on him pretty good. But we're but we're picking up yards and we're out of bounds. And we get another play. You at. you probably have a first down. Instead, we throw that ball. Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. I get it. It's an. Both teams tried to do this and, and tried to throw a lot more picks than they actually did because they threw balls <laughs> uh, directly. J.T. O'Sullivan always says, when you are facing and throwing against man coverage, the defender can only defend the width of his shoulders because mm-hmm. he's not looking back for the ball. So you saw Tua tried a couple times over the middle of the field. They had that seam bender that um, Devin Bush almost intercepted. Uh and that's what Kenny tried to do on that ball was throw effectively the back shoulder because Noah had inside leverage 
and was playing man coverage. Well, Kenny extends off his spot so long that Noah got his eyes back around the second the ball left Kenny's hand. And thank God Noah's a former wide receiver at Auburn because the ball... And guys, Noah's never found the ball. Noah's never made a play on a ball in his life at the NFL level. So for him to make that play... Could not be happier for him to rise to that moment in the midst of all of the adversity that Dolphins' corner room has taken on with all the losses they have. But, um, like, the most unlikely hero. And, yeah, in hindsight, Kenny uh, probably could have ran it. But I, I understand the thought process, but it was not good process to roll to your left like that and then try to throw that ball in that circumstance. Uh, staying true to the spirit of Ward Association, my word is interceptions. Uh, while the Dolphins were very obviously the better team when watching this football game, there were a lot. The of- Dolphins secured the three interceptions that Kenny Pickett gave them, and the Steelers failed to secure the three interceptions that Tua tried to give them. Correct. I thought they, I thought they were egregiously forcing the ball to Tyreek Hill in times. Where I would on, agree. The, on that last third and three, where you you almost threw the last interception, bro, Hunter Long's wide open running a corner route, and he's probably the first progression because you run corner, crosser, and you had like a little leak. Throw, put some air under it, lay it out there for your tight end, and complete the pass and get the first down and end the game. Joe, you absolute troll. I saw what you did there. Don't think you're going to get away with saying, in the spirit of word association, as if you don't do it the entire time, you don't play by the rules. And now you're going to hit us with the I did well on the last one. I finished on a high note, Christopher. If I would have prepared, maybe every single one would have been that way. Scout speak. And it's more of a question for you guys in terms of your process when you're scouting players. And the Wait, guys can don't we go back this. to another thing here. Just another disclaimer: we have no idea what Chris is about. To say. Correct. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that. All right, cool. Joe, we were talking about we were talking about Eli Ricks yesterday on the uh, the Monday edition of the pod, and you were talking about how man that that 2020 tape, phew, it's really good, and we haven't really had a whole lot of good tape since, and we're starting to maybe put it together here in 2022. I guess my question for you guys is: how do you how do you approach that specifically of You've seen the tape where it's really, really, really good. And you've seen the tape where it's like, damn, that's a first-round talent. But there's multiple seasons in between the good tape and where we are now. How do you – what kind of weight do you give that process is, I guess, the question that I'm asking. And hopefully I I ask that properly. I I like the question, Chris. And where my mind immediately goes to was us kind of having to navigate the 2020 season where so many guys opted out, right? And so for a, a good number of these players, we had to do the thing where the last time we saw them was a couple years ago, and you kind of had to make the choice to leave them how you found them, right? That was kind of a phrase that I I went back to, which was tough because some of the guys were like Penny Sewell, who was 18 years old and kind of like a one-year thing at Oregon, and Greg Rousseau, who – um, had a great season for Miami, but was a converted like safety wide receiver player that had one year of, of tape at defensive line and had a great year, but you, you wondered what the growth was. Um, and so I remember when Jamar chase was one of those players. And I remember saying the thing about Jamar chase opting out is that 
we've seen him at his best. We know what it looks like at his best. And another name that goes to mind for me is Derek Stingley, who I think we would all agree didn't have his best year, his final year at LSU. But we yep. went back to, man, when he's at his best, we know what he's going to do. And so while I, I do put some inventory into the 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 drop-off in play, but I, I try to be mindful of the context, uh, which we, we – for Eli Ricks, the same thing that you said about Derek Stingley, you'd apply to him, but also, you know, just trying to find his way at Alabama, which is obviously a very different scenario than what he came from at LSU. So I think there's reasons. I'm not saying they're not concerning, but I do think there's some weight to being able to go back to a, a sample size of play that's meaningful and be able to say, you know what, this is that player at their best, and this is what they showed me in terms of who they are. I think – the thing that Joe hit on there that that is really important is anytime a player has that kind of dip, you try to find the explanations and the logic behind why it's happening the way that it is. And a lot of it's guesswork. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of it is trying to apply logic with the breadcrumbs that you have uh, to, to make logical, effectively, assumptions. And then you kind of just go with your gut when you're in our shoes. NFL teams have different data points and access and familiarity and resources and connections to kind of paint that better picture. And oftentimes the legal will tell you kind of the the untold context with how they choose to, to covet and value that player when it comes time to actually draft them. But Oh, when you're in our shoes, the, the the biggest tool that you have, and it's been changing for us the last couple of years, but the biggest tool that you have is the tape. And at the end of the day, the tape's still the most important thing. But you know, as we have continued to, to you know, foster relationships and get to know players and agents, and, and we've had an opportunity to talk to more and more players the last couple of years, and it's been very helpful to kind of get to know them as individuals. Um, Go ahead, Chris. No, I I guess I have a unique perspective of this because I'm involved in the process, but just from a a seat at the table, I get to pay attention kind of way. And I know the work that goes into the process for you guys, not just now, but when it comes to draft season and you're trying to get the top 100 correct, you're trying to get your mock draft set correctly. Like I watch the way that process plays out and I watch you guys go, hmm, Maybe this, maybe that. And there is some kind of there, – there's some level of guesswork, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but there is some sort of inference that you, needs to be made on your part of how this is going to go. And it feels like when you have players – Eli Ricks will use as the example because he's the, the person that I thought of when coming up with this topic. It feels as if, like, it's even more guesswork than this normally is when you have the body of work of, I got to go back two years ago to find the player that I think he could be at this level. Like, it, it feels like there's more guesswork involved when you – when you're dealing with players like this for this example. Yeah. And what's, what's the big wild card in that is it's not working because it's not vibing for whatever reason with the Alabama program. And what you so often hear is Alabama is, you know, the, the developmental league for the NFL because of how they prepare players for the next level and, and what that experience is like for the players. And, and it parallels in, in many ways what they will get when they go to an NFL team. And what about Eli Ricks is restrictive to him finding 
himself in lockstep with the Alabama program right now. And right now we don't have that information. I mean, we, we hear things, but again, that that's all third hand information. You can't take it too seriously and you, you run the risk of not doing justice to the player if you do. So it's, um, it's a tough situation, but with, with guys like that, I would rather value a guy on his talent and hope that he gets it right and hope that he goes to the right situation or hope that the light bulb comes on or hope that the support system is where it needs to be. And if I was, if my job was on the line to pick players for a team, I'm sure my process would be a little different, but our objective is to identify talent and tell you who can play and who can't and where they can play and why they can play. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that, that gives in my mind, I have a little bit more willingness to say this is a talented player and I don't have enough information on the extenuating circumstances that are limiting his ability to play up to his full potential. But I can tell you he physically can play at a very high level. That's a good way to put it. And unfortunately, like we, we're going to scout a lot of players, but we don't get that for every single one. Right. So how to apply that consistently becomes very, very challenging. But that's a good question, Chris. I'm glad you brought that to the table. Thank you. And I thought it would be better suited as a surprise to you guys, so that's why I presented yeah. it that way. Very good. Uh, can I can I tease tomorrow's show? Please. So check the tape, as always, on the on the Wednesday edition of the show. But for Tier Maker, and the guys don't know this, I'm, I'm going to put it on them right now. There was a lot of conversation during the Thursday Night Football watch-alongs, which, by the way, we do in the TDM Premium Discord. If you're not a member of TDM Premium, draftnetwork.com uh, slash Premium. Uh, or, or if you're already a premium member, sign up for the Discord. We do watch-alongs. I watch the games. We chat. We have a good time. It's it's a lot of fun. But we were asking, uh, we were kicking around coaching candidates and which which coordinators would get head coaching interviews. So what we are going to do is we are going to tier the coordinators in terms of should they or should they not get interviews. And we'll have tiers of got to interview, should interview, might interview, won't get interviewed. And this week. We're going to do the defensive coordinators in the National Football League. How about that? So, oh, right we're all thirty-two defensive all, coordinators. Well, some of the some of the head coaches call the plays for the defense, so they'll automatically be ruled out. But yes, we are going to use the. 32 I think every defense. team has a defensive coordinator, though, don't they? Patriots don't. And I know oh. on and I know on offense, like Cliff calls plays, so there's no offensive coordinator in Arizona. They don't have a, do. uh, a offensive coordinator by name only, like the the. Uh, no. Uh, who is the, Chan Gailey always had that guy, uh, George. What the hell was his name? I can't remember his name. It was like, yeah, you're just by title. Only. No. And the reason why Bill does that is because then he doesn't have to make the DC available for interviews for media uh, yeah, availability. Yeah, right. That's, that's how it works. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's fun. Good idea. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll do that tomorrow's show. That's it. You can get us out of here. Joseph or Kyle, whoever wants to do it. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll bid everyone adieu. Kyle Krabs, Joe Mario, Chris Schubert, Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.